West Limerick 102. The following is the podcast of County Views, as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 23rd of August 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Neely Duggan and Sean Diffley. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. And this edition of County Views is the last of the current season. A new season will start on Wednesday, August the 23rd. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Good evening listeners, it is Wednesday evening once again and I suppose I should welcome myself back and welcome Tom Ryan back when he arrives shortly and in the meantime we will welcome Neely Dogan, former All-Ireland GA referee and also Jason Smith and Sean Diffley and Jason of course is the producer of tonight's programme and Sean Diffley is all the way from, can you say it was again Sean? Out the near uh, you're very, very welcome, gentlemen, and listeners, you're very welcome. Tom is well-dressed, actually, now. He just came in in time. He's all sun-tender. he got probably sun, sun burned over the past five or six weeks since we saw him last. And it will be all get sun-burned, and they will have well-washed as well, so we should be all very clean with plenty of water for for the past six or seven weeks. So, ladies and gentlemen, it is lovely to be back speaking with you again, my good friend out in um, Palace Green and West Clare and East Clare and throughout West Limerick as well. And delighted to receive various comments and phone calls from you there during the closed season. Uh, Since we last spoke, of course, Limerick have won the All-Ireland yet again. And of course, a lot has been said and written about that as the greatest team of all time. I think every team that wins in Ireland are the greatest team literally of all time. Uh, the, the ones that went over the years before, so it's so forgotten, and it's the, like the pop chops. The, what's current is what hits the headlines. And of course, an area that many people have been on to me about is former players, former GAA All Ireland referees, in the case of Neely Dogan, and indeed uh, Jerry Fitzgerald, a very famous hurdler who hurdled with Limerick for many years and in the 50s, and refereed, I believe, 11 All Ireland finals. 11, I'm told, he refereed. Jerry okay. Fitz, mm-hmm. yeah. Be it correct or not. I hope the contradiction, but he refereed a lot of them, and apart from refereeing a lot of them, he made billions for the GA because he was noted for if the match got anywhere close at all or a team were behind by a pint, he usually gave a handy free to make a drought of it, which was the thing to do in those days. So they made a lot of money he, he did on, for the GA in those years. But the same Jerry Fitzgerald, anyway, a good friend of mine uh, told me during the week that he wrote to Croke Park some his I should say of course that he passed away some years ago, a very nice man Jerry was indeed, and he was due on a Red Keel House Hotel. Passed away some years ago, but he had written to the GA headquarters looking for a ticket for the All Ireland final. He sent off his cheque, he got the cheque back again and he was told to contact Limerick County Board. 
Nearly Dogan refereed All Ireland final as well, and many other finals, Munster and Leicester, etc. As well. What's your experience, Neely, on getting free tickets for all these matches nowadays? Well, Pat, all I can tell you is I never got a free ticket anywhere for the All Ireland apart or any matches. Apart from the day you were refereeing the one. Uh, that, yes, that's that correct. You didn't pay but, my take on it would be like, you know, there are there are only there isn't that many all in referees alive today. Yeah. And uh, they're kind of the actually a forgotten bunch, if you want to put it that way. Uh, I, I I wouldn't be out of place for the GA to to honour the referees maybe the way they offer the centenary players. Isn't it the centenary time they offer the honour? Which I have a, a a bit of a hang up with as as well. But to be nice to be honoured uh, with a free ticket for the for the All Ireland, there's less than how many times would there would there be less than a hundred? Oh, a lot less. A lot, a lot less. Yeah. And to and to be nice to 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 get a ticket, you'd never say no just because tickets are quite expensive now today at ninety tickets, ninety euros for an All Ireland ticket. Tom, you were under. 1973 lot you know, which is again a bit of a privilege, but it's wrong as well because you know a, a players that give their life to the game, as you rightly said earlier, early in your opening remarks, they kept the game going, they kept pouring millions into the coffers of the GA, and uh, like what Neely said as well, the, the referees played great part down the years as well, and I would concur with him, Jerry Fitzgerald, I know him very well. Jerry was not alone a brilliant referee, but he was a brilliant holder as well, an all-round sportsman. He was a, he actually, uh, a lot of the games that we went to, I mean, Jerry was the, was the man that drove us through to his games as well. Tremendous character, and um, gave his life to the GA. Raquel in particular as well. He was he was I I played in games myself that he that he came in as a sub. You could take a few frees towards the end of it that he wouldn't officiate and like in the middle of the field, but when he came into around the square, even when he was in his later days as a player, he was little. A great player. And as I said, uh, then to be kind of forgotten and written off by the GA does not know Pat. We spoke about it here on numerous occasions and it's an absolute disgrace that the way they carry on and the way they treat the, the people that made them. Sean, my role in the GA would be at a lower level than the two previous speakers. I was secretary and chairman of in Bandon Clare County Board many years ago and in Limerick County Board as well with nearly done many years. But I also counted young lads to matches. I had 18 inside in a, in a state car. I had one time taken to matches. But now, years after, there was absolutely nothing whatsoever thought of. Neely's level as a referee in All Ireland final, Tom's as a player involved in the Limerick team, me as an administrator and coaching and training and captain young lads. We never wanted to know any, anything to do with young lads anyway. And no regard, no respect, absolutely nothing for those people years after.
Well, you see, Pat, the people that have been mentioned here tonight, no, like Neely, who has given great service, Tom, good service, and uh, tremendous uh, to uh, say is tonight. Good is an understatement, I say, in Tom's case, because he was manager as well. And uh, apart from hurling with them as well, he put years of with the Liberty team in the, bringing them to the All-Ireland final. Yeah. And the league final. But And he got no thanks after winning the league final in Innes. You see, don't remind me of it, says Tom. I look at these things and I say to myself, if you want to bring a child up to be manly, and to be manly is to have respect, you lose respect very quick. I was inside the Clare Limerick match, and there was a child alongside me. It was after costing 25 euros to get her in. Now, that child was playing camogie. I won't deny the fact. As nice a little girl as you could talk to. Now, fellows like Jerry Fitz, and I, I'd have a great personal relationship with Jerry Fitz. Jerry Fitz was not just a great referee or a great player. He was definitely, for me, he was a diplomat for the GEA. This man spoke to kids, and kids were mad about him, and that respect that was there for people like that. And I don't understand. It costs very little when the couple of freebies have been given out. I looked in a few times that I'd be at All Ireland's and I'd look along the corporate boxes and I said to myself, you know, did that fellow ever give a in his life to any crowd? And he's inside here and there's ordinary poor on his fortunes that have to watch this on a television when there should be maybe a little bit of respect towards them and that they'd be there, you know? Nearly, it has moved to new level. You have people above at the top level who basically, I, I, I go as far as say, have that much interest in the game really, apart from the financial return of same. Well, you're probably, uh, I wouldn't know any of the most people at the top level now, uh, to tell you the truth. But to go back to the referees again, uh, the referees at the moment, there would be no games if there wasn't referees there. Isn't that correct? Yeah. And we'll take, for instance, today, at this present day, it wasn't there when I was refereeing. They have an age limit now on the referees. And they don't have a whole pile of referees out there at the moment. We will look at the recent All-Ireland over there between Nimick and Kilkenny. Uh, John Keenan from Wicklow refereed it. And to me, I thought he'd done a super job in it, a very good job in it. And he, it was his last match done. He's last in the county because he was of age. He was and 50, he had 50, 50, 50, and he had to, to retire from it. Mm. That man is a fit man. He could stay going for another three years. Why did he have to retire like? That's a question that I would like to... Why are they making these rules? When they don't have a pile of referees. But do they have fitness now that's required? Yes. I mean, there's, there's speed now involved. Yes. And there's a level of fitness. And as you say, if that man is fit, and he proved that he was fit enough, he did, yeah. you know, there could be another maybe two or three years. Now. There could be. That's the point I'm trying to make. Like, you know, he he's a fine, fit man. Like, you know, and that all happened was played at, played at a fair pace. Like, oh, yeah. you know? well, but the referee being excluded from 50 onwards, I, I, I would agree that some of the umpires should be excluded as well because they seem to be of a weight and an age group to look at them, Tom, wouldn't be in keeping with the speed required to watch the ball going at 100 miles an hour over the bow. 
Uh, I think it's a bit just a bit strong, Pat, you know. Uh, these people are also, like, I mean, most often genuine, so, uh, like, uh, participants in, in the game. Time. Well, there is, Pat, but look at, like everything else, the time is, is the time factor and the ageism that has crept into this conversation. No, I would be totally against myself. And by the way, I wouldn't look on that referee in Alal and John Keenan as being, uh, as given, as also, if I was wearing the black and amber hat or jersey on me, as being that efficient in that game either on the Ireland. And I looked at it, I, I've seen it since again. But that's beside the point. That's the only, only opinion once was raised by the, um, here tonight. But the point about you see, the GA is full of contradictions. We've said it here on numerous occasions. You have the elite, you have the paid, you have, these people are in living in a cocoon, away from the reality, away from the job, away from the ordinary, as you rightly said, Pat, the people that spend the hours and hours coaching at club level, carrying youngsters looking after them. It's a really serious situation now, and the, those people are magnificent. You can describe in any other way. And then you have the elitism, you have the, we had a big appointment during the week now with travel publicity, well, well, do they all now have a point to the actual, um, they are coach and manager again and being, we're listening I've been my head for listeners all the week and uh, no one asked him how much he was going to be paid for this job you see no one asked that question this is the underline the issue this is the point in uh, like in uh, the same as in RTE the grey area that no one wants to talk about the money that's been spent and been paid to these top officials and managers and coaches and all these backroom individuals that are involved in the game the now referees don't get paid no, they do not, and they take a lot of responsibility. They have, but like like everything else, they're not. They, they should be better lay, better sorry, better organised. I I I was very friendly. One of my best friends, but John O'Grady, got rest his soul. He passed away there recently. He refereed. He refereed thousands of matches, you know, including the Ireland final. And uh, again, like everything else, he he never he never give out, he never, you know, but he had a huge sacrifice, he also had his four officials and four umpires, and they are, uh, well, I totally disagree with your part in that situation, because, like, it's a difficult job, and it's a, it's a tankless job, they should have actually more, there should be a, a better, I, I believe, management situation at DG, at top level, and at all level, which, which, referees and their officials. They should have, and the linesmen as well, they should have more of an interaction with the referee and more of a say. I think it's an area, if you look at, and I don't want to compare any sport against any sport, if you look at rugby, the way they manage their referees and the way they manage their rules and regulations, the GA would do well enough to study what they do. Last week we had we had the, the, the English captain and he, he was exonerated for a, for a high title. By the, uh, by the European body, but if he was, the following the world body of rugby stood in and said, look, this is that, we won't accept this. Three match ban him. So that'll tell you, like, of the, the way, and the way that they manage their affairs, and I'm all for that. The GA is loose, and when you have loose situations, it leaves an awful lot of doors open, and, and it leaves a very, very dangerous area as well of referees being, not being looked after properly, and maybe, influenced by outside interests as well. 
You're tuned to Western Week 102 FM broadcasting from Newcastle West. My name is Patrick Donovan. The program is called County Views, and this is our first night back after a few weeks off. And it, it is live until 11 o'clock. If you want to text in or call in 0696600 or 0871669800. On the panel tonight is the usual outfit, shall we say, Sean Diffley, Neely Dogan, and of course Tom Ryan, and producer is Jason Smith. Uh, while we're still sticking on the GA, they have brought in a situation, uh, it seems to be a, a, a movement, I would nearly go as far as to say, to, to, to get rid of old people, or people who aren't too savvy in modern technology. Because we had it here in Limerick for some time, that you cannot go into a match to won't take cash at the gate. You have to prepay, and the likes of that carry on, Sean. That's eliminate mainly old people. Plus, those who might be able to use the mobile phones and book your ticket in advance, it means that you have to make up your mind in advance as well that you're going. Whereas you might have changed your mind at a, a last minute to decide to go. You can pay cash. Well, I think that's very unfair, Pat, because people have always been used to handling cash. And, I mean, it wouldn't suit me to have to use a phone to go in and to have to book anything. And I'd like to be able to pay without having to have the piece of plastic handy, you know? If you had a 50 euro in your pocket, you should be able to use it. There was a time when they'd be delighted to say, if I come up with a five pound note, there is something wrong when you're trying to tell people how to live their lives. And the cashless society nearly were talking about it there, we move it along. And I see there for the NCT are going cashless as well. <coughs> they take care, they won't take cash. In the ploughing championship, I was surprised also where you have a lot of farmers, a lot of older people. They are also got, they won't take cash at the gate. Now, when I heard that, I said to myself, that's fine for me, I won't be going to the ploughing championship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're trying to do work. Cash is legal tender, and it the is. government and our politicians and our independent politicians, they're asleep at the wheel. It is legal tender, and people have rights to use it. Yes, Pat, but going back there to the GA, and again, um, I see now on my phone, if there are Raquel playing a match now on Thursday night, and there is a match on in Raquel between Kildama and Newcastle West Senior Football, at the top of the day, we clash now. And you'll get this text out now, and down at the end of this, uh, for your ticket, click on the, press on the click to get yeah. your ticket. That's here in West Limerick, and yeah. the um, one at the moment now. Uh, and it amazes me when I go into a shop, and I have a few messages, and I have my 10 or 20 euros to pay, and take the money out of it. And a young lady will come up alongside me and she might have to something maybe for six or seven euros and she'll pick up her phone and she'll put it over the machine and click good luck that's it uh, i'm not up to date with that because i'm a kind of a no line now at the moment and but it's a pity that they're getting away with them going doing away with with cash like you know trying to make things cashless the crowd in China, Tom, will have a great time looking at the people, everything to spend and everything to do, and the, the, the pain. I, I see them going through the tunnel even for two euros and ten cents. They're sticking cars up against the machine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I suppose, that's the, the, the current 
trend and the way things are going to are developing. And you know, we have we're not fighting much of a battle against it either. To be honest about it, Pat. I mean, I think in in reality now the GA at local level, especially at the county board level in Limerick, anyway, they have realised now that uh, that cash is to be taken, and They're you can, off. yeah, and you can in actual fact take uh, produce your cash at at the at the gate, and I think that's a good idea. And but again, you see, Pat, all this was brought in under the cover of darkness with no reaction. You see, when you have when, when your representatives that we sent to Crow Park. That we send to sit around the table in the in the central council with our top officials at our county board level. When they say silent, well then what happens? You go to the Crow Park and like a lot of the organisations can do what they like. Mm. Yeah, we got a message in there from Dave in the shed in Palace the NCT in the next few weeks. They're introducing card only, no cash payments, please discuss. And Dave, we are discussing it, and I'm still saying that cash is legal tender, and our elected politicians who are supposed to be representing the people, and the old people as well, they're gone silent, Tom. Of course they are. I'm sure it's the same and with the left. a lot of things. It's the same with the Well, they are, of course, gone silent. Because why? Because they're drawing their big salaries and their big pensions and their holidays and the whole lot and their expenses. That's why. That's like our county councillors. It's the same thing again. They're up for no next, I mean, next year and the world of them. And, and now we're going to elect the mayor. Like, uh, it's supposed to be a, a, another duplication again, which we should discuss here in detail some night, Pat. That whole situation about that no position. But uh, to be honest about it, you see, if you raise any issue, I mean, and it's the public out there, they're at fault at the end of the day because they're the people that elect the politicians. We can blame all the politicians we like, but they're all elected. I went for election and I was rejected, and that's it, and I accept that. But the point about it is that the, that the people we elect, they can say silent on issues, and in particular issues that are like areas of elderly, health, disabilities, all those areas, no more doubt. Oh, but they're on about skateboarding, and not skateboarding, but right on morning and night. Like, they'll talk about that all right, because it's what people want to hear about. That's the, that's the people that you're dealing with, and we're talking to. And they will listen to We have, we have, we have a few messages. I said, there, folks, this is County Viewers. My name is Pat O'Donnell. This program is live until 11 o'clock on this Wednesday night. If you want to text in or call in any message, 0696 or 0871 uh, MS, first one in here, we had to buy four GA ties for the final in 1983 in Croke Park. The GA would only give one to Neely, Mike Barrett. Do you get a tie, Neely? Neely, a tie around yep. your neck. Yeah, that's correct. A I GA think. tie. And while you're on that subject, no, Pat, if, did you want to finish first? No, it's fine. Yeah, while you're on that subject, and Tom mentioned it there earlier, I must say, he spoke about umpires and linesmen. Yeah. I had about six, I think I had six lads with me from the day I started till the day I finished. And I think that those boys were as sound as could be, and they, it was they made me actually. Yeah. Because I could depend on them, my life in them. Yeah. They were outstanding. But did you hold on to them t- too long? I'm saying some of them I'm saying are a bit overweight <laughs> and have difficulty <laughs> running back and running for the flag. And nowadays no. they're pointing for the no. hawk. I think you know. They had a system between them. Yeah. A system between them. They were very experienced. But uh, and so Mike Barrett anyway, he said he had to buy his own tie. That's what he's saying. Yeah. That 
we had to buy four GA tyres for the final in 1983 in Croke Park. The GA would only give one to Neely. It would all the time, Neely. Well, the, 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 <laughs> what I was wearing that time now to probably come up over my arm now, but it's hanging at home in the wardrobe, so I must check it better. <laughs> now, moving on. Hello, Patton Panel. I send this text from the mild high hills of Knock Row. At least you won't get flooded anywhere. Thanks for the God you're on the hill. Great to hear you back and your panel back on air after your six-week Mediterranean cruise. And, uh, I saw some fine cruise liners in Cove there during the summertime. Fabulous, fabulous things out here. Many of them bigger than Croke Park. Can the panel please discuss the RT payment scandal and treatment of Ryan Tuberty? Does the panel feel he should have been sacked? Also, want to take this opportunity to wish your weekly panelist, Mr. Tom Ryan, a very happy birthday today. Is it your birthday, Tom? Cheers, Patrick. Happy birthday, Tom. You mean you come in here and you should be inside whining and dining with your palace and the city. So, happy birthday, Tom. Don't hear no speech tonight and if you pints in the day I'll come back. Tom is like myself joking about pints and in actual fact he's a teetotaler. Wishing Tom continued good health and happiness. Enjoy the celebrations. He is one year away from the big golden nugget. From Mark Tierney, Carol Connors, glad to hear from you, Mark, and glad you're keeping well also. Thanks, Mark, very much. Wishing you good health also, Mark. And David Shed, as I said, is on about the NCT cash. The NCT is something we've discussed quite a lot indeed, and those organisations seem to be able to do what they like, and as I said, all we seem to have is silent politicians. Welcome back, Pat, and your panel with County Viewers tonight. Looking forward to a great programme you were missed over the last few weeks. Happy birthday to Tom Ryan. Regards, Mike, when it is one welcome to us back anyway, wasn't <laughs> one in bed now, one in bed. Uh, Pat, will Tom Ryan consider running for the new mayor of Limerick when it comes up for election next year? Tom appears to have all the answers and can solve all the problems. Would he now consider putting his name forward regards James Holmes? That's a good suggestion now, Tom. Oh, very good suggestion. That's all he suggested, Pat. And he didn't mention money at all, of course. Well, the money is over 200,000. Yeah, there's so big it, money going with it as well, yeah. as well. So I, might, uh, I might be coaxed into putting my name back. It would sort you because <laughs> there'd be plenty talk and plenty chat, plenty suggestions and maybe little action. Yeah, but I, 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 on, on a serious side, Pat, with that particular situation, you know, it is very important that people, I think myself, this is a ridiculous position because, it's, again, it's duplication of services. We already have a... It was voted on by the people of Limerick City yeah. and that was their decision. Yeah, but it was, yeah, but I think they voted for us, someone like we have at the moment, a kind of a man going on getting his photograph taken. I was up, up in Ballylanders last night with a friend of mine, Brendan Moore, and uh, every every poll and every cross I came to, there was a big photograph of the mayor. And uh, in his in his full regalia, I don't know who designed that regalia or how old it is, but uh, every cross and every turn of the road, he, he was his for He's the mayor. Mitchell. Oh, yeah, he's mayor. Mitchell, he's mayor now. Oh. Uh, and he replaced Butler. 
I think yeah. Yeah, what I was last mayor. And you see, it's an, it, it, it is again a position that's paid for as, as well. I think it has about 50,000 of, uh, yeah. of, of uh, it's in his own office for 12 months. Plus his salary and his expenses that he'd be dry as a council as well. And uh, with not a whole lot of not a whole lot of power, no power actually on you, kind of kind of a shake hands up at this uh, situation. Yes, you get what you yeah, well the, but the point here is Patrice, when we joined up, when the city and county council joined all the staff at Malcolmators, so you had a duplication straight away. Then it decided that, that that wasn't going to be you were going to have a CEO. So we have CEO, has CEOs in place wherever, wherever to present. He is responsible for running the running the affairs of the county. Now we're going to elect the mayor with powers as well. So we're going to have your, so what powers is the new mayor going to have? That is the so this it's a serious situation. A very serious situation because Limerick is in hundreds of millions in debt already. And who's going, to be, who's going to be responsible for that when the new mayor takes over? That's massive. Massive issues. Waterford rejected and some other one. There was two others. Two rejected and one voted for. Well, in America, you see, it's the American system. Like, that they, that they didn't know what they were voting for. They voted for, for the, the clue, what they were doing. And now, three years or four years down the road, they still haven't the clue what it's going to be all about. Now, folks, it's up to 10 o'clock, and you're tuned to County Views on West Limerick, 102 FM, your local community radio station, broadcasting from Newcastle West, and on the panel tonight is the usual, and we go to that version back to shortly. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314-948 Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors TOD.ie You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limwick 102 FM on the 23rd of August 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan Neely Duggan and Sean Diffley as this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. And this edition of County Views is the last of the current season. A new season will start on Wednesday, August the 23rd. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Welcome back, listeners. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM broadcasting from Newcastle West County viewers. We are live until 11 o'clock, and we thank you for your messages, and we thank you for the one person who taught to welcome us back as well. We appreciate it. One person had an interest, and he went telling us that they were delighted to hear us back. And probably, uh, if you want, we'll know that we're back by next week. Uh, we have a few messages there, and we'll hold them for later. 13 bullocks were stolen in Boher, and a spate of crime in a dale and a lot of robberies and a lot of them go unreported and, and around these parts we don't get too many reports of any activity around the area we find it out from other places and crime will deal with that for a few minutes it's coming into the long nights, winter months 
and there was a space of robbery in Adair, there was 13 freeze and bullock stolen in Bohar, more stolen back here in West Limerick recently as well. Sean? You see, Pat, I think that uh, when you're talking about cattle going missing and that, I think that every place around that has an abattoir, they should be watching them because these cattle haven't been taken out of the country. Uh, most of the time, if you have a market for meat, there's no problem. The animal will be put down and the next thing is it's out in the market, <coughs> you know? And I have fierce sympathy for the people. Talking about putting locks and gates in that, that's nonsense. There should be no need of a lock on a gate. The thing should be foolproof that you can sell something that's stolen. So I honestly think that there should be watching out like some of the smaller abattoirs and that should be very, very well watched. We have one and a half million people more than we had a few years ago and I think we have about a thousand less car day. I was in Kilkenny last Sunday and I travelled quite a lot. And apart from an odd speed kick, guard the car stuck in bushes someplace. I didn't see a guard anywhere and I went through many a town and many a city. They are rare enough now, guards especially at night time you don't see them so is it any wonder they can steal cattle and move them from the north yeah, and, and a, lo a lot of machinery being stolen oh, of course as well <laughs> machinery travel through well I, I i actually think that all this whole talk about more uniform people on the beat it's a waste of time you must look at what went down over new york when you couldn't put your nose inside the place after eight o'clock at night and they handled it and you can walk the city at any hour now but the reason that you can walk the city at any hour is it's not down to the fellas with uniforms. It's down to four or five fellas in a car in plain, plain clothes. And the very minute something stops, you wouldn't believe how fast people come out of cars and grab the thing and stop it before it goes any further. I see an incident one night in New York and I see four detectives jump a man and disarm him. Yeah. And I mean, I thought it was one of the finest bits of police work. Before anyone got hurt or anything, there was a quick movement, and that guy was taken off the street. We were a long way from New York in Newcastle West last October in Halloween. We had cars turned upside down, we had bins turned upside down, we had people running for their lives literally that took a wrong turn into town for fear. That was no castle rest, and there wasn't a guard to be seen in uniform or without uniform. Same in Ratkeel, nearly we had it there yeah. last Christmas time. That's great. We had pumpers up and down the street at <coughs> 3 o'clock on a lovely fine afternoon, right. and they bashed with six to eight vehicles, abandoned the whole lot of them, and nobody ever charged. And uh, nobody ever charged. That's your right, and that's to the best of my knowledge. And, 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 and they, they, were, they were donated the vehicles. And, uh, and there, there don't be too many girls seen around Raquel either. No, no. But I'll tell you what was amazing about that was uh, a couple of the politicians were seen in Raquel though. Afterwards. Afterwards. Yeah. Why, why, that had, why that had to happen, I don't know. Yeah, made the most of that, yeah. And they yeah. made the most of it. Yeah. Tom, facts of life are? Well, the facts of life are, Pat, <laughs> that, they, that the crime is out of control. I mean, and uh, our Gardaí are in turmoil. It's we compared we said well ago the GA headquarters and our, our touch with, with with grassroots. 
There's no removal, but the Phoenix Park and the Commissioner and his assistants are totally and completely removed from the reality. There actually now there's a word of no conference, which would be which would be very very high figures against him, first and, time ever. and first time ever, and rightly so, because he is he is and his team and his ministers. I mean, I had the minister today, and in actual fact, was pathetic. Now, to be honest about it, absolutely pathetic. And this whole whole scenario that we've discussed here on numerous occasions, I think in a fair in a fair-minded manner as well. I mean. The management within the G, within the the Gardaí and GSOC, they're overseers looking at the looking at policing the police and the actual uh, the the, the Garda authority the the, 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 the Garda authority on top of that as well. They're, they're in total turmoil. They don't know what to do. They're absolutely useless. And we have, as I said, we've had no, the minister hasn't been at her desk or he back quite recently and she's going to the, all these hotspots of crime with Dublin City Centre uh, all dressed up like a film star going around you, you think that uh, you know with a police and with two or three commissioners and not commissioners but assistant commissioners and <coughs> all sorts of, of grades they got there around her and now they're going to spend they're not finding 10 million that they're going to spend an overtime to police the centre of Dublin which is an absolute disgrace we're looking at Lim- we need more Dublin at all you have the same in Limerick of the same and cock of the same in Galway. No local policing, no, no whatsoever. Our local politicians, again, as you rightly said earlier on, Pat, silent beyond belief, not a word of them, because you see, they don't have to. People, and the public as well, they don't get worried until it comes to their own door, but it will come to their own door. There's no doubt about that. In some, in some way or other, crime and the, 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 the unbelievable behaviour now in the cities, in the towns, and when the, when the, when the new licence laws come in, that the public can delight to stay open all night, you can imagine what it's going to be like. You couldn't walk around in my city at the moment now. A man actually told me yesterday that he was after getting, he got a replacement hip and he was out walking, he had to walk. And he said, in O'Connell Street and down that area there, Bedford Row, William Street, down into the, uh, the, the old quarter, there, there, all the, the, People are begging and they're thrown down the street, they're drunk, their they're, they're, they're addiction problems massive. No, I, okay, I have huge sympathy for addiction, but it's my fault like, that they're addicted. And, like, and we have to look at it across, across, across purposes, like, they have to be, they can't be allowed to disrupt normal business. People can't, can't open their shops. They have to close their shops early. Limerick City is just like a dump at the moment, and they're after spending hundreds of millions inside trying to put new cobblestones in it and all that. For what I don't know, but the whole place is in turmoil. The guards, there's no guards to be seen there at all, actually. So now the guards are. What they're going to do? They're going to vote no, no conference on the minister, on the commissioner. He can know from the north, and I wouldn't let him be in charge of of, of the quiet boys even, never mind the guard authority, because he, he, his own record like has to be questioned, and where he came from, and who he's connected to as well. So, I mean, what, what's going to happen? You're going to have... It's going to get worse. That's all that's going to happen. We have a lot of guard at the moment in Limerick uh, under suspension 
on the investigation, I suppose, whatever. Pat, thank you. It's about time someone spoke about it. Yeah. And that's an absolute disgrace. Yeah. And the length of time. The, time. the length of time is appalling. Yeah, it's appalling. And, and the ombudsman and GSOC and people like that and the politicians and the ministers, they should be taken. They, I, I'm glad you brought it up, Pat, because it's an absolute disgrace that these people are, are being... They've been practically terrorised, and there are people that have served and and have served the public. Their name is blackened. Blackened. There's and no trial. There's no trial. They have no promotion. They're only on subsistence wages. Yeah. It's an absolute disgrace, Pat. Yeah. And there's no one talking about it. And all ministers and all local ministers here that we have, I'll tell you something. The most of you would send them for a for a pint of milk to your throat and what even are they talking about? You're familiar with don't have any names now, lads, but uh, we have quite a number of lo- local Gardaí in Limerick, city and county that are under suspension. I think, is it something three years or five years, maybe? Would be three years, I bet. At least three. Yeah, three at least. Surely we could have given title to the same contract of the law as everyone else. You're not guilty to be tried. But you are tarnished. You are, and that's the whole point. They are tarnished, even if they left tomorrow morning, they'll get a job nowhere. Yeah. You couldn't, like, I mean, there has been a watch going to put on someone. The Catholic Church have done have the same system, even though they're in Catch-22. If some priest is accused of something, he's blackened and he's taken out of circulation. Yeah. And in some cases, we've had them back again after three or four years when the cases were dropped or the accusations were withdrawn. But there's no penalty on the person who makes the false accusation. Oh, no. I agree. It isn't right. I think cases of where there was uh, the finger pointed at particular priests and that, and that there was never anything proved against them. And that wasn't right. It's hard enough to be shot to priests, but to have somebody been wronged wrongfully. Like. Some few years ago, when I was actively involved in uh, the water campaign or the, the, the 50 euros for the septic tank and the closing of post offices and and closing the rural guard stations with a packed house meeting in the Devon Inlandies, and there was a, a priest there that was very vocal and very, very, very outspoken on odd matters such as that. He was there early before it even started. He was there when it was over and he hadn't spoken at all, which I was amazed that he never spoke. And he made a very valid point. He said, Pat, if I spoke up there, and I think it affects a lot of priests, if they've gone very silent since some years back, if I spoke out on that and said that and that, somebody will come along and say, he abused me. Right. That's all I have to say. But for Pat, it's the same thing, like really. Outrageous. <coughs> it's outrageous. And I, I remember Pat, when I, in this radio station, we had a, there was a debate in, at the time of the abortion issue. And a very prominent priest sat at, his, sat at his table and he never opened his mouth on it. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that was, the, again, that's it's, it's, the fear. The, it's the fear factor. It is, yeah, yeah. And it's the public's reaction to it. And you know that, that you know, that people, and it's the same now, like, I mean, you have, you, you, you come down the same line as the, in, in the Guardian. But you see, they'll have to, this, I think this, this vote now should maybe make them, make a stand, the politicians, number one, and stand up and be counted here. You see, because you, there's a lovely duck and diving, and you see, 
by the all leading politicians, including I mean Michael Martin or the Leo Vladikar, the, the ministers, the successive ministers, they're all you see, they they need a wake up call and this will be it because after the Vorno conference there has to be a campaign by the Gardi to take on these issues more strongly. Yeah, I, whatever, whatever I, I, I don't see any reason why they're not entitled to the same laws as any worker in a trade union. They, they, they have to be protected as well now, nearly more so than the army individual. And that's, that's a sad state we've reached, but it, we've reached it. And, and the, the, the associations they have, instead of talking now, they'll have to act. And the act will be, look, stop work and, 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 and pull the plug and the mind is proof or anything said look we're not going to prop this anymore and another, another thing we've discussed in the past and still there it just beats me how the government are so slow in bringing laws or bills to correct things that are so obvious and so dangerous to the community that is e-scooters we've discussed it here in the past I think two of them have been killed in the past couple of weeks, and it's beyond belief. And I was out in Galway last night, so it was late when I came back, and I was said, "Jesus, Mary, and Holy Saint Joseph." As my mother was saying, "Make a prayer out of it." On, on narrow, bad, bad roads, you have people cycling, black clothes, mm-hmm. where the, where really bicyclists should be banned because there's no room for a walker or a cyclist on those narrow country roads. But the people, on the other hand, whatever is up between their ears, they have black clothes, no flashing light, and a large number of people have been killed, even in daylight. Daylight. Mm-hmm. But the roads are not just... So we had a misfortunate case here locally in Limerick there a couple of years ago as well. Some people are drunk, some people are on drugs, some people might have bad eyesight and colorblind, whatever. But and lots of people have been killed in, in road accidents. I think this year is an all-time high for many, many years. Yes, yeah. But the e-scooters are sticking out a mile. Tom and myself discussed there. I came out of Limerick one night. Out of Connell Avenue, it was about 11 o'clock at night. And the next thing we saw this, at the last minute, this black thing, and it's flying along in front of us. The e-scooters. No, 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 no law. No law. No, no, no. Years ago, when no we had no guards in the country, hardly, or <coughs> when there was little money to pay them, but we had three guards in the south in every small little village, there were summons and the likes of me for no light in my bike. But can I, can I say one thing to you about all this? And it's, it's very evident from where it's going. If I'm pulled, and I'm a young fella, and I'm under 18 years of age, and I'm pulled with no light in my bike, if this happened 40 years ago, the local dad had been knocking at your door and he'd be telling your father and mother, the next time we get him now, we're going to summon you. I mean, hold it there. We've got Jason. I think we've got to go for an ad break and we'll back to you shortly. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314-948 Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors TOD.ie You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 23rd of August 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan Neely Duggan and Sean Diffley 
As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. And this edition of County Views is the last of the current season. A new season will start on Wednesday, August the 23rd. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Welcome back, folks. You're tuned to County Views on this Wednesday night. And we have Sean Diffley and... Neely Duggan and Tom Ryan. My name is Pastor Donovan. And if you want to call in from now until 11 o'clock, 0696 or 087-166-9800. And great to have you back, Pat Mack. Thank you, Pat. Well, that's the second one that was delighted that was back. So two ain't bad. Two wasn't bad now at all. Because I think between Christmas cards between the two of us, Tom and myself, we got one. So we're we're bound our head to our good friend Joe Dore ever since. <laughs> so I hope you're keeping well, Joe. A, a regular listener to us there out there in Camus, and nephew of the great poet Michael Hartnett, God rest his soul as well. Would the panel ever discuss the disastrous position that the farmers of Ireland find themselves in at the moment with weather, pricing, and production in freefall? Why isn't there a national debate going on at the minute? on this crisis from Sean a West Limerick farmer Sean we love to hear people's names as we say the four of us here tonight we're passing our comments freely and our name is behind every comment we make and we would appreciate that people have to have the interest if you believe in what you're writing about you should be put your name behind it in full but we will dis- we will still discuss it on your behalf Sean the farmers bad weather bad weather and more bad weather Sure, I suppose, but like people in farming always had to deal with bad weather. There was no easy fix. And you see, before, we weren't so dependent on machinery. So if you get very bad weather now, land is soft. The machinery is big and is heavy. And it is hard to work in land that's soft. And a lot of the land down now near the river and that. All land, carcass land is soft, but it can't take much rain. And I, 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 I mean, all fellas who are able to go out and take a cut of silage because I know what they're going through. There's absolutely environment. But the weather would seem to be much worse in more recent years because back in the good old days in the swinging 60s and 50s, people had horse drawn machines, cutted the mid wines of hay. And the same to manage it. Oh, Nowadays, it's impossible to make a, a bale here or a wine here because there's rain every second day, or nearly every day. But you see, I mean, the amount of labour it could take to pet even, like for what people have known dairy herds and that. Jesus, there's a lot of people are cutting grass down, coming in, feeding it right to them. So those kind of people working that that system of dairy and that, those people are in trouble. Like, I can see, it. you know, I mean. The banks have no problem collecting the grass. They'll give you out the money, but by God, I don't know how, how, how people are able to manage that kind of a setup. Nene? Yeah, that, <clears throat> what this man here has said is, is correct at the moment. Uh, is about the machinery. Mm-hmm. And what I see about it at the moment is 
down this year, as you know, it has been a terrible wet year. Farmers were cutting uh, silage and the tractors were coming out into the road yeah. and they were bringing half the field out with them and it was left there to be washed off. Cars were driving over and everything. In some cases. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a... It's a it's a tough, it's a tough one on on the farmers. All right, there's no doubt about it. But don't know around where I'm living in Redkeel, I have seen a couple of farmers around me. And they've got a couple of cuts this year. After I think they've some got the third even notice. There's good land, good land yeah. there compared to what to, well, this is back in the, the softer. But the that's that's the one thing I hate about this these tractors and trailers coming out onto the road and leaving a pile of muck on it after them. But you'd have to feel sorry for them, really. Um, well, he says, yeah. Lily Duggan is sorry for farmers, he said. I'm not going to hear that anyway. <laughs> no, it's, it's, very, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a trying time for, for the farming community across the whole realm of farming, actually. Uh, and the area that we're looking at was the most, I suppose, prosperous, and I, I know it's expensive, is the dairying industry as well. The, the price of milk has dropped probably to down to... Uh, Dairy World paying 35 cents a litre carry around the same shocking, absolutely subsistence, I mean, payments. Uh, you know, this is, you, you couldn't, you wouldn't remotely even cover your costs with that kind of, um, with those kind of pricing. The standard and the quality control is, un is unbelievable, no problem with that, that's all it should be. The beef sector appears to be holding, but only for the finished cattle. Young cattle coming through are, are not making the money. They're not making the money that people are very worried now that they bought them dear. The pig industry, of course, is always in trouble. And the one aspect of it, Pat, is it's like what we, what we said already. There isn't a word from the, from the IFA or from the ICMSA. They're, they're, all they're worried about at the moment is who's going to be the next president to get his 300,000 a year. You know, and there's people are in a in a shocking state of of debt, and no pressure from the from Europe on numbers and that. It's a it's a trying time, a very worrying time for people in the farming community, and uh, I even psychologically past very very trying as well. A lot of people are, are under a lot of pressure, and with with no support. And you know, I mean, it's honest time that that I think that the IFA really stood up for what they were what they were appointed, what they were really founded for, was to defend the farmers and, and their farmers' living. Yeah. About the organisations, Neely and myself were very active there in the GM in our younger years, and in, in those days people, delegates went and they spoke and they had a say and then you had this executive committee above and the gap then between the executive and the people on the floor seemed to get wider and wider. So the same in the IFA, etc., the GA, you have the crowd above, you have a big gap in the middle that they don't seem to link or tune in with the crowd at the very bottom. In other words, the farmers are suffering, the land is wet, the, the quality mightn't be the best and you have the IFA 
who were mainly always fairly wealthy, the GA people in the olden days, the delegates had a say in, in most things nearly. Mm -hmm. they had, yeah. The delegates are hardly allowed in now. It's the executive committee or a subcommittee yeah. here, there, and there. And that's across many organisations that I'm familiar with. Well, the right the man in the ground yeah. or the woman in the ground have literally no say in anything anymore. Just what the programme promotes here every Wednesday night like, yeah. is the, for the underdog, the people that haven't a voice. See, and and those that have at the bottom aren't chosen the bit of advice to have. Well, correct. And that is the too many silent people. Too many silent people, and too many people fall in the crowd, and too many people saying, "Well, I mean, these people are all voted for in in the different states." I mean, we start off with the GA. We said they were under control at top level, generally to what's called on the grassroots level. The same with the guards. We said, and it's exactly you've given an exact description of of the state of the of the country really overall mm. across all realms of activity you know mm. but but the farming situation you see is under serious pressure and uh, like the point about it is you have a minister for agriculture in open Donegal and uh, well, he's, he's the bigger I think it's the leaders the ministers the people that are that are getting Couple hundred thousand. What's, what's that? Their salaries about two hundred fifty thousand, three hundred thousand a year for to do a job. They're not capable of doing it better. So what's wrong? They're appointed to do a job that they're not competent or able to. And they're, so they're only looking over their shoulders at the next election and the next vote call. That's all they're doing. And our minister for agriculture, our minister for justice. That's what you're doing. And when you go back and fall down the line, we're looking at also if you had an actual fact. If you had an orangutan above, looking after our environment and our housing department above, he'd do better than O'Brien at the moment. He's an absolute disgrace as well. That's what's wrong with the country. We haven't the leaders, we haven't, and, we, and the, the, the heads of those parties, Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael, are tolerating them idiots. That's what they are, really and truly. It's a sad situation to be in. Well, it makes me wonder, Tom, that if you go back a few years ago and you were receiving a field and you were told what to broke it, and now we're told, oh Jesus, that's totally wrong. You should have a mixture of seed in it, yeah. this biodiversity. Uh, this, this, they use all these beautiful words. And church chambers like, we're doing the exact opposite of what they had just done seven years ago. Well, you are, Sean, but I, I'd say in, in fairness now, in that area that you've, that you've mentioned, and it's a very important area because it, 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 it has like a, a big part to play like in the in emissions down the line. And Chagas, like, who are underfunded as well. I remember Tagus and I pay, it's about 350 euros a year to, for to be a member and there's a state, state organisation. But they're wonderful people and, and they have a lot of research to got into that and that's our only hope. They're our only hope of, of, of solving the emissions problem and, but, and we have to kind of go by them. And okay, technology changes. And, and, and I believe that that recent developments in that area like are definitely are going to be very progressive, you know, in in, in, a, in a diverse in a very very troubled area for farming coming down the line because there is every argument that you hear now and every debate you hear on on the radio and television. Farmers and numbers. When you want cotton, when you want calling numbers, when you want cotton, how how much? Twenty percent, twenty percent, forty percent. So there's a big, it's a huge area, and it's a pity that we're not represented properly there. Tigers are doing a great job in my book, but tigers are only a link in the chain. 
Now, message here from Joan in Ratkeel, and as Joan said to me, that reminds me, I met a good friend of mine in Dealey there recently at the Rosary in Ratkeel on the 15th of August, Tom Markham, and I must thank Tom, a regular listener indeed here. He tells me every Wednesday night, interested in Tom in the GA, of course, as well. And uh, Tom, thanks for a very generous contribution. He gave me that night a donation to, to the radio station here, so Tom is very much appreciated. And also we appreciate your interest in the programme every Wednesday night and your wife also. And I hope we don't put you to sleep or keep you awake, which will be the case. Now, uh, Mary in Red Cage, she says, taking cars off the street has to be one of the worst decisions made by the authorities in this country. The whole point of having a guard force is to protect citizens of this country. And to do that, they need to be out and about also seeing guards patrol the streets of our towns to reassure people that law and order is being upheld. Now, Sean Diffley, that's that lady's view. And as I said to you earlier about Newcastle West, uh, loads of young lads and young ladies, and I mean young, are literally going in groups up and down the place and rarely ever see a guard on duty. <laughs> you, you refer to in, in New York that they come in a police car. Now, they can come in police cars around Ireland as well and they pass out things because they don't see what's going on. If a car is coming, obviously people won't be misbehaving. The minute it's gone, they're back again, kicking bins. Well, up see, my, my, my experience in New York that was a very simple one. There was no marked car. And the very minute you stepped out of line and you gave a couple of yahoos out of you, there's two fellas jumped out and you were grabbed and you were put in the back of the car. That's the way you were in Ireland in the 50s, I remember. Of course, yeah. Home from a dance one, I was up another <clears throat> in the frost, hopping off the ground, and we were saying the next day, a guard said, <laughs> you're disturbing the peace. But home will keep quiet, and we were sober, you know. But that wouldn't be tolerated, Sean, here now anymore, that, you see, you have, you have the, the, Political correctness now has 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 is well established here, and that policing and if you speak to any responsible guard, and mostly they are, that they, they are caring, uh, and their duties now has has stretched beyond imagination, and with domestic situations and and all the things that go that go with that, we've lost a few very very lovely people in that area over situations that develop within domestic rows and and uh, in recent years they, 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 were, they, they paid a supreme sacrifice and if you I know if a guard handles somebody and arrests them you have cameras on them and they're on the television and you have the you have the way all the do goodies and they're saying we, we can't even police the right wing we can't be police the, the actual they can't be policed they're saying don't touch me you can't touch me they, they can't even get body cameras now to protect protect themselves. Mm -hmm. So talking about New York is, is, is like talking about Christmas in, in that regard. There is no way that our situation here in this country will tolerate any of that anymore. So as a result, Sean, as a result, you have things are totally out of control now. And no guard is going to, with a brain, he said, he's going to get involved physically with anyone anymore. So what do you And the problem is that there is a law there that says, 
that you're responsible for a person until they're 18 years of age. Now, if my father was responsible for me till I was 18, that law is still there. It was never ascended. And the other thing that I have a problem with, I have a lot of people belong to me in the guards. And I'll tell you one thing. If someone decided to pull a stake knife out of their pocket to give me a tear of it, and I was a guard, I'd certainly use the fold and batten on them. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be worried whether I had a camera or not. Because a person's first right is to their own lives, Tom. Yeah, but you wouldn't be worried, Sean. But you see, but the following morning, Sean, on that night, you'll be... You, you will be suspended. You will be suspended as as an assault. You will be examined by GSOC. You will be you will be queried by GSOC, and you will be suspended from duty and indefinitely. And you will wait, as we spoke about already, indefinitely for your, for a hearing. You, okay, you will be paid. So we'll go to an ad break. We'll be back to you shortly. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views, as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 23rd of August 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Neely Duggan and Sean Diffley. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. And this edition of County Views is the last of the current season. A new season will start on Wednesday, August the 23rd. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Welcome back, folks, and welcome back indeed. And some, one of our last programs here before we went off there a few weeks back was about, we had a fairly detailed discussion here with Adam Teske, who was involved as that time councillor, about the boil water notice from Palace back to Glen or Fines, that area along there. And Andrew O'Brien as well was with him that night, wasn't he? He wasn't here, no. But it was going to take six months to fix and I'm at the point there that it, it was very serious, the, 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 the fault, and yet a local radio station here, a community radio station here, in covering all that area, were never notified, and were never notified, and still not notified. It is still a bile notice all along. The, Sean, it's your constituency, so to speak. That's happening, have you yes, back? No, we haven't. It's going to go on until Christmas, does this. So Santi will be around by the time. How is it there's nothing about it? How is it the local radio station here hasn't been notified? Well, I didn't well, know that there was only two It's serious, supposed to be. Two, two councillors that opened their mouth about it. And, you know, my attitude towards the others that didn't open their mouth, well, we'll talk to them next year. Who we'll the two? I'd say Kevin Sheehan and uh, Teske were the only two to stand up for the people. Now, the time before when the water line broke, there was a tanker brought to Fines, Shen Golden, back into Belial, any of the places, yeah. and there was water for the people. 
Now we have to pay for the buying of the water. We now have to go out and buy bottled water to drink. I mean, this this is a, a yes, there's no here. tank in There is no tank. It can't be brought out because mm. I think you're funny people down there. That there isn't protest or marches or something about it, and right. so much silence. We give notes about the politicians, mm-hmm. not nice and silence. The place, the place that uh, they'll be dealt with is in the schoolhouses where the polling stations will be. Because that's, mm-hmm. if you I lose respect the for the people, you Nearly you were saying there before we went off air about the uh, lady from Ratkale, about the guards. Oh, yes. <clears throat> yes. Uh, and, she's, and she's right. She's perfectly right. Going back years ago, uh, always in the, there was about three or four families of Gardies, Garda living in Rakeel, raising their children and all there. They would be in the barrack, they'd be walking up the street, they knew everybody around, and everybody knew the guards. They knew everything that was happening around, going back those years ago. Now, I'm living only just about a mile outside Rakeel. I don't even know who a guard in Rakeel is. Wouldn't even know one of them. And I said that most people around Rakeel wouldn't be the same as I am. And she is perfectly right. And that time you had great law and order and you, the guards, it, you know, they were, they were part of the community. Now they're, they're flying, buying cars. And just to add to that, flying, Nelly, cars. I live a mile from Ratkeel on the other side of Ratkeel and I couldn't name one guard for you. No, name any guard in Ratkeel and I'm in Newcastle West yeah. for 55 years and I couldn't name any guard in, Newca- in Newcastle West at this stage whereas <coughs> when I came here 55 years ago we knew them all. See the guard, you'll see. Yeah. You, you, the yeah. only thing you would see is the car passing. That's what yeah, you'll yeah, see. Yeah. And it could be passing for many people. Now we have a message here from Ned O'Keefe. And he's not the politician. You know, Pat led year old back on air. Can the panel give the opinion on the Bank of Ireland scandal from Ned O'Keefe? And now, Ned, you came in there from there. Reminds me that Knockfear and Herald Society, which has done a huge amount of work in making the facility on top of that hillside so accessible to people with so many seats and stones and commemorations, etc., they will hold the Churchgate collection in there on this Saturday and Sunday. That's Knockfear and Herald Society. And that's the question on the bank of Ireland. Could we have a quickie on the bank because we have messages in there about uh, RTE as well to discuss. The bank of Ireland were giving out money at will there through the little hole in the wall there. Sean, were you familiar with that or had you heard about it? I had heard about it all right, Pat, but I wouldn't. I didn't receive none of it. <laughs> Thanks be to God. What about <laughs> the incompetence of this whole system? The people the council being robbed, less scammed with scammers left, right and centre, and you have these glitches in the bank that the money literally falls out through a hole in the wall. Well, I can't understand it, and the thing I can't understand at all, seeing we were talking about the guards, have we learned nothing? Why should we be uh, sending guards out to look after machines on the side of a wall and expecting that they do this kind of work. There is something wrong with that. They were on the other day from Dublin when they were minding some of these machines. There should be no minding. Those people have multiples long enough and they should be seen for what they are. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> actually, in Rakeel now, there was a Bank of Ireland. It closed down. Yeah. Anything you want to do, I have to come back to Newcastle West. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it, when you when when I come to Newcastle, I'm looking for a place to park because I have a bad knee and not able to walk, Grace. And I go That's up to the this machine. That's the time you got from the GA, yes. <laughs> and go up to this machine, sorry, out of order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's to me, is, is, is sickening. Yeah. 
you know. That's the thanks that people get for supporting the banks over the years. Sure, Tom. It's an absolute disgrace, you know, that this kind of incompetence is can be levelled at the public now. And if you look at the other side of it, I, I think the profits for half a year were a billion. Billion, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so, so that'll tell you, the, that'll tell you yeah. what our bankers are going to... And what they're doing. the then to get to mind the machine. Yes, and, and again, all, it, and, yeah. to, and to listen to, again to our ministers. And we have enough cash for the job they're supposed to do. The people so we, that we, they are, and they are kind of... They're looking into it, and the central bank, and all this. I mean, you know, that's what happened, or collapse of our economies uh, before incompetence. Now, lads, we'll move to this RTE thing. As I said to somebody, they said, you're back Wednesday night, we're back all right. I said, but nothing really has changed. The RTE scandal is still a scandal, and the farms is still out sick. She didn't get better sense, as far as I know, no? and if you were better. I think she might need a change of doctors because uh, this all uh, flu that they all get when they're asked a few questions. It is about time that was put aside and that people should be able to be uh, summoned in a way that they'll have to answer for the problems they've created. And she was being paid as a manager and by God, she didn't make a great job of managing. Yes, I... I agree with this man here. She didn't do a very good job in it. Now, and as for Tuberty, Ryan Tuberty, personally myself, and this is my own personal opinion, I liked Ryan Tuberty on the telly. I loved his shows and I loved his Christmas show with the kids. I thought he was absolutely excellent in it. Now, his name is Mud at the moment. Will it finish there? Where will this finish? That's the question I'd be asking. But, like, I feel sorry for him. What he, he Was he well advised? Is a question I ask. Personally, I don't think he was. It should have been spotted. But that's my opinion, op- opinion on it. I, I, I feel sorry for him. RT, Tom, RT. they were paying, they were paying yeah. a million there almost a couple of, some 10, 15 years ago to Pat Kinney. Mm-hmm. They thought they were superstars, they couldn't be done without. A man who was getting 500,000 only six months ago, he was willing to take 170 last week. Right, Pat, Pat, the whole scenario, like in the semi state area, here is out of control. RT, this nonsense now of bringing these individuals in before these committees, they'll boom the doll. They're no pulpit, they're no sanction. All they can do is promote themselves by asking, yeah, by asking questions. They, and uh, now, this, we said the first, the very first night Pat this broke and this whole thing, that it was, I said, and didn't put I said writing, but as, as, as an issue on the programme, I said, this is a job for the first point of the G of the Gardaí and of the review. No, no politician, because they're only, pro- only promoting themselves. The, the mismanagement at that level, Pat, is criminal. That's what, the only way I could describe it. At the, in, and in the same state, with taxpayers' money, you can, that can be replicated, Pat, across the realm of, this, of, of the civil service and of the same state. And you can start with RTE. There are no more now. But I'm saying here tonight, and I know it myself, that the likes of the money and the miscarriage of justice that's going on and the spending and the practically 
unbelievable lack of control in areas like the IDA, areas of the semi-state is unbelievable and the money has been wasted and the money has been spent wrong and the wages have been paid and the level of management is criminal. And we have no one in this country but we have a controller, an editor general there, McCarthy, I think is his name. He's he'll be on there if you watch the Rochtis reports there on the committees and he's the biggest joke of all time on about three or four hundred thousand a year. Supposed to be looking after the taxpayers' money and checking on the semi states and uh, where the money is going and he's on there every night talking nonsense. With, with nobody, nobody saw this in RT coming because nobody, there was one voice in RT and that was the, that was the director, D Forbes, she's responsible for this. No, she won't be appearing before any committee. So they can go away now and leave to the politicians and they'll do a good job now to try and revive the RT. We haven't the people at that level in RT, now we haven't them in the, in the doll. We have them at cabinet level to sort this out. It's a mess, and that's what it's going to be. And I feel very sorry for the for the producers and for the people that are in RTE that are working very hard trying to maintain a, a public face now with what's going on. And the money that those couple of individuals were getting, you look at them, you have Tuberty, you have Darcy, you have Joe Duffy. I mean, it is a, a joke, like. Do you think it's three or four hundred thousand a year for, for I mean, for they're in the morning talking nonsense about someone that wrote no book or someone that didn't know what they were a man or a woman. And and, and, and this kind of rubbish, like, non-stop, within, I mean, Duffy's on there even from a quarter to three, till, from, from quarter to two to three o'clock, and he's depending on people for three in which they do, and he keep on going, but not, and he's at about 400,000 a year. And then you have Miriam and all them, sure, I mean, to say, like, you wouldn't send him most of them, you send him for a, for a bottle of water. The, the, the payment is just beyond belief. There's a lot of community radio stations like this one around the country in Dublin. There's lots of them. There's also the commercial stations, which are the commercial professional ones, so to speak, whereas we're only local volunteers doing a job here. But in the commercial stations, you have a lot of those, and yet there's very little being picked up for those. But Pat, it is the inner circle. In, the you're dead right, Pat. And the money that's been that's been that's <laughs> been spent and the control that they have. But the one question, Pat, I'm going to ask tonight is, is and the cause of of all main problems in this country, we had it was the cause of the bank failure, it was the cause of the actual of the bankruptcy of the country is our accountants that are targeted and that are tasked with doing their job. The people that were in charge of the auditing of RT should be in court. That's what they should be. The people in charge that are there have been getting millions to audit those books. They're doing the same with the banks. The directors of, of also, they should be fired out, gone, good luck. No, no, not even brought into, into interview that tolerated this. And you see, that's what's wrong. We have no control, Pat. We had an audit here recently. Uh, the BEI control all the radio stations, including RT, the BEI broadcasting, that have changed the name there recently. And we had an audit here, and if there was 200 went out someplace, you spent a lot of time explaining where did that 200 go. And yet we have that above an RT, and it's not picked up at all. With false accounts, I mean false accounts. False accounting, yeah. False accounting. Yeah. Well, can I ask you one thing, Pat? 
Were you ever told that you could have 50,000 for fear we'd want you? Uh, now, I mean, there's one individual, he's on 350,000, and he has 50 of that for fear they might want him. Now, the time of John F. Kennedy's assassination, his whole, the whole, uh, what you call it, <coughs> was done by Nihal O'Hare and his wife. Yeah. Two people who were only outside on holiday in the United States. And they could do it. And there was no such thing as they'd been on a retainer for fear they might be wanted. And we have a man on a retainer for fear he'd be wanted yeah. for 50 grand. On my way back from Galway last night, there was a programme and of RT. I thought it was a very interesting radio programme. And so I've gone back over programmes of the past. One of them was 20 questions. And, but they also had me hollow hair during the match in 1957 and while he was waiting for the match the ball to be thrown in etc he ran off so many requests for this one Mary who immigrated from Ballon Robe who is now in New York and so forth and so forth absolutely brilliant 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 <coughs> things have changed and I'm sad to say it was a lot worse than it used to be in the past my sincere thanks to Sean Defley Neely Duggan and hopefully you'll get a text from the GA sometime soon. <laughs> and Tom Ryan, I don't know what they'll give you, Tom. And Jason Smith also. And folks, it's good to be back. And my sincere thanks to all of you who send in your requests and messages. And also to my <coughs> Pat Mack, that man, fantastic musician there in County Clare, who went to the battle, welcoming us back as well. And Nadeau Keefe and a few others also. Thank you, so folks. We'll be back with you next week. And in the meantime, any one of you out there who would like to take part in this program, just give me a ring on 087-99-7734. If you would like to take part in this panel, call me at 087-99-7734. And there are two seats available for you for next Wednesday night and any Wednesday night thereafter. In the meantime, good night. Take care. 102 FM. You've just been listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on Whistling Week 102 FM on the 23rd of August 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Neely Duggan and Sean Diffley joined Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan for the discussion County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors Limerick and Newcastle West for all your legal requirements phone 061 314 948 Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors tod.ie